Welcome to Catholics Across the Aisle, the podcast of the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops, offering commentary on public policy and civic life. This is Michael Sheedy, Executive Director of the Conference. This is Michael Sheedy, Executive Director at the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops. I'm very excited today to be speaking with Christy Arnold, our Associate for Respect Life and Social Concerns here at the conference. We're going to be talking a lot about abortion. You know, it's identified as a preeminent issue by the bishops of the United States in their document, Forming Conscious or Faithful Citizenship. The church has a longstanding teaching against abortion, opposing abortion, uh, seeing as intrinsically evil. Um, it's always a big uh, policy priority for the Florida bishops uh, as we deal with our legislature, interact with different branches of government, trying just to limit that harm of abortion. Uh, it's been an exciting time. A lot of changes have happened uh, since our legislature last convened, and uh, we're looking at a lot of, uh, I guess, a new, some new territory. So it's a great topic for the day. So, Christy, I'm so glad uh, that we can be talking about this. Yes, definitely. I'm very glad to be here. So, uh, Christy, I guess if we tend to focus on state-level politics. I suppose that it's fair to say that a lot of our listeners are probably aware that Florida has really enacted a new law that would have probably been unthinkable until the last year or so to limit the window to the first 15 weeks of pregnancy in which women can have an abortion. Why don't you tell us a bit about that law and, 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 and what happened in the session? So, last legislative session in 2022, the legislature passed and then Governor DeSantis signed this law, the this 15-week abortion ban. So it allows women to obtain abortions up until 15 week weeks gestation. And then that was that was a huge step forward um, for the pro-life cause. Um and it's um limiting it at a time when um research has shown that um fetuses in the womb can feel pain. And right now, the law is being challenged um, by various parties, including Planned Parenthood. It's making its way through the court system on appeal. Um, but right now, the law is in place during the appeals process. And that law was based on the law that was really at the core of the Supreme Court's Dobbs ruling. Uh, we People weren't sure what to expect going into last session, but knowing that the Supreme Court was going to be looking at that, I think the legislature, with support, I think, of the governor, uh, felt like, hey, let's let's adopt the same thing with hopes that it will be upheld. And sure enough, it was. And now that is where we are in Florida. I think it's interesting, too, that you mentioned that it's, it's being appealed and it's perhaps rare and perhaps surprising that it's in effect while it's under appeal. Yes, it's a very um, interesting development. Normally, that doesn't happen when um, such bans are on appeal going through the court process, but um, that is the case for this appeal. So we're encouraged by that. You know, it's funny. Policy-wise, this would have been unthinkable for a long time. It's great that we have it. I know that one of the um, factoids, I guess, that came up as as this was being debated and as we're living with it, I mean, Obviously, it shrinks the window a lot for abortions, uh, but there was some speculation based on some research that shows that not a lot of abortions happen between that window between 15 weeks and viability or 24 weeks. 
but there are some there are it's incrementally better anything you would want to say about about that well yes yeah, so prior to this law um obtaining an abortion was legal until the third trimester which was 24 weeks um or until a fetus was found viable so moving the limit down from 24 weeks all the way to 15 weeks does add a lot of weeks of protection for humans developing in the womb but it is the case that the majority of abortions in florida occur um before 15 weeks. And statistics show that in 2021, approximately 79,000 abortions took place in Florida. And um, around 68,000, though, occurred in 2022, excluding most of the month of December. So, you know, it's speculative, but there is some reason to think that this 15-week ban had an effect in reducing the number of abortions in Florida for 2022. And it is known that the reason given for most women to obtain abortions in Florida is for elective purposes. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it did It did have some effect uh, this last year. I would suggest, too, that um, at last, the 24-hour waiting period law that had been also under appeal finally went into effect in Florida. I think you know, there's a lot of speculation that Florida was a bit of, has been a bit of an abortion uh, destination sort of place for women from other states because um, we did not have a waiting period. And, and now people have to have a visit with their, uh, with the abortionist. Uh, and then they have to come back a day later for that abortion. So it, it's something of a barrier, but it does give an important time to reflect. But I do think that um, as you say, the 15-week ban and the 24-hour waiting period both being in effect uh, is having you know a better uh, impact than perhaps we, we would have expected. Yes, and it's um, it's interesting though that now um, with the 15-week ban in Florida in place, we're still kind of an outlier in the in the South because we have um, states surrounding us that have gone further. Um, limiting to limiting abortion around eight weeks, six weeks gestation, or Texas went all the way to um, zero or all, went all the way to conception. So mm-hmm. we do know that now um, a lot of women are coming into Florida um, because 15 weeks is actually higher than a lot of these other states. So, yeah, you're right. It'll be really interesting to see what the numbers will bear out, and hopefully, we'll find ways to limit it a lot more in the near future. But before we get into all that, just on the 15-week ban, um, what are we going to see from the courts on that? That's, as you mentioned, um, it's it's being challenged. There's some bad precedent that we we hope this will undo, or at least it gives the opportunity to reflect and to remedy some bad thinking. So the Florida Supreme Court will eventually have to take um, an appeal on a constitutional challenge to the 15-week ban. Um, and in doing so, the Florida Supreme Court will have to revisit its its precedent. So in 1989, um, the Florida Supreme Court ruled in a case in TW and stated that the state constitution's privacy clause guarantees a right to abortion, which was actually broader than Roe v. Wade um, in Roe v. Wade's analysis of the federal constitution. We here believe that that was a wrongly decided case, um, and we hope that when the court revisits it, um, it'll rightly interpret our state constitution. Um, but it's unclear how many months it will take for the case to actually move through the court system to get to the Florida Supreme Court to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, all, all everything we read about the privacy clause is that when it was being debated, it was all about informational privacy. Who knew that our privacy 
of information, you know, given what's happened with the internet and everything would be so in need of protection. Uh, and perhaps it's really not not working as was intended to in that respect. And it's un- unfortunately being twisted and turned to allow a greater right to abortion. But please, God, we'll move beyond that in the near future. We will we'll be watching this really very closely. So, yes, we will be hoping and praying that the that the Florida Supreme Court um, revisits that precedent and rules mm-hmm. in a in a way that's just. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, you had mentioned, uh, you know, a lot of the limits that have been placed on abortion in other states surrounding Florida. Um, we're going into a new session. What are the possibilities uh, for the Florida legislature as, we, as they're preparing to convene and have been meeting already now for some committee weeks, that kind of thing? So so in terms of the Florida legislature, the sky is really the limit in terms of um, how far they are going to be willing to go to limit abortion. Now that Roe is no longer a law, state legislators can go as far as they want um, all the way to the moment of conception if they want to limit abortion. Um, So it's really dependent on political will. Um, And honestly, society doesn't seem to be there at this point, general society, but um, we're going to be hoping and praying and working towards that day. It's an exciting time to be pro-life. And I think the legislature hopefully will feel that excitement and take advantage of this opportunity to um, go beyond the 15-week ban. And so there's several options they have in front of them. They could honestly legislate all the way to the moment of conception. They could do a heartbeat bill, which would allow the procedure up till the fetus's heartbeat is detectable, which is around six to eight weeks of um, gestation. Um, Or they could go, they could do a a first trimester ban. So that would be around 12 weeks gestation. There's really any number of um, options that they could take. So it will be um, very interesting to see, you know, what direction they move in and um, how far they're going to be willing to go. Yeah, you're right. We're hearing a lot of different things, aren't we, as we talk to members. Um, It's just not clear uh, that there's a clear path. Like very often, you know, among leadership and certain members, there's a a little bit of coalescing around a particular goal or or focus. you know, as we've had to deal with these incremental improvements for so long, but there's not that same kind of consensus right now. I think, um, you know, that we've probably heard Senate President Pasadomo wanting to enact further restrictions, maybe not as far as we might like, but still willing to, to do that. I think that the House Speaker has said that he'd like to go very, very early in pregnancy, perhaps limited. I mean, I think that a lot will be determined by how far the governor wants to go, really. Um, you know, I think he'll have a big influence in, in everything that the legislature does this year. So we'll have to wait and see. But obviously, the church's opposition to abortion is pretty well known, but, you know, never bad to reiterate kind of where we come from on this. Right. Yes. And I think a lot of people just um, maybe assume the Catholic Church is kind of taking this stance for um, political reasons or, you know, kind of outdated reasons, but uh, we believe that God, God himself has revealed through um, scripture and through church tradition that abortion is um, the intentional killing of an innocent human being made in the image of God while it's developing in its mother's womb. And therefore that abortion is intrinsically evil and always wrong. Um, So the Catholic church teaches that societies should um, not tolerate legalized abortion and that citizens should work towards the end of legalized abortion, as well as 
promoting alternatives to abortion so that women and families um, in difficult circumstances are supported. I know Pope Francis has put it pretty well that in all its phases and at any stage, human life is always sacred. And he also said that it's troubling to see how simple and convenient it's become for some to deny the existence of a human life as a solution to problems that can and must be solved for both the mother and her unborn child. Yes, um, we believe that all human life is sacred from, um, you know, the womb to the tomb, as Catholics say often. And so um, Pope Francis really summed it up well there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's part of, you know, what we owe to society to kind of proclaim that, to teach that, to advocate for that. Um, so that really it's part of part of the charity that we owe to the world to witness to that so that Florida can really flourish as a state, as a society and just prevent the harm that, that abortion continues to to inflict on, on Floridians and on people, on women and children and, and families. So, uh, you know, that's, that's why we do so much of what we do. It's, it's obviously been called our preeminent issue or preeminent priority. You know, as the legislature convenes, you know, we just came through the midterm election cycle, and I think Republican gains were not as strong as hoped. Um, and obviously this was the first major election since uh, the Dobbs ruling came down. I think people have speculated, is this, you know, because the electorate's not quite ready to embrace more restrictions on a, abortion or a lot of initiatives that were proposed in different states that were really pro-life initiatives or pro-abortion initiatives. And sadly, they did not go our way, any of them, really, went, our, went, went the direction that the church would, would have held in, in states like uh, Kansas, Michigan, Montana, uh, to name a few, California. It, it's it's troubling, you know, and then those states have an easier time adopting amendments than than we would have to adopt. But to back up from that, I think that it's not all about abortion in those in the, in the elections that happened. I think that there were some bad candidates that were uh, proposed by Republicans. I think there's a lot of folks who, you know, to get through primaries, Republicans had to be endorsed by Donald Trump. And I think in the general election, that probably hurt a lot of those candidates to have them associated with Donald Trump. Right. I definitely think that the, I guess, failure in some instances of Republican candidates was largely due to the quality of the candidates and the maybe the lack of vision they had. Not necessarily, it wasn't necessarily a referendum on abortion itself, um, because polling does show that people, when they're um, asked about different restrictions on abortion, um, they actually go a lot further than even Roe did. Um, So the majority of people do want abortion to be restricted further, maybe not quite all the way to the moment of conception in in that regard. But um, I definitely don't think, you know, reading kind of the the results of the midterms, people can say um, that it was just the issue of abortion that led to that um, kind of lack of stellar Mm -hmm. uh, results. But we should talk a little bit about some of the amendments that were proposed that relate to abortion, I think, because those were referenda on abortion themselves. And, and, you know, the pro-life cause in every case got less than 50%. And I think as you look at what happened in those uh, referenda, it's true that the opposition was very well funded uh, on those. I feel like the opposition is also not so tethered to the truth of things. Um, they they distort what the proposals are. And they think that's part of why people don't really know what the current law has been, what what restrictions are, as you said. Most Americans support limiting to, say, abortion to the first trimester, or many do anyway. And they think that, you know, 
these new laws are that restricted further are going too far. But really, the fact is in Florida, we're 15 weeks, not even in the first trimester. And so whatever sense that there's a movement to go farther than the electorate is it's probably based on people's misunderstanding of what the current laws are. And yeah, I, I, def- that, I definitely agree with you there. And then those things play out in these referendum. People distort the truth of things. And I think, unfortunately, in our society, we're kind of used to in political spheres, uh, the truth being distorted, and we kind of tolerate that. But unfortunately, it's hard to really know what the policies are, what the you know up and down sides of these are, because it's just tough to get there. Right. And when when the other side um, distorts the truth, then the um, the electorate does not really actually know what they're voting for or against, honestly. So mm-hmm. it's it's difficult to to educate people um, on the pro pro-life position when the pro-abortion position is um, kind of radically uh, altering kind of the messaging. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I know here in Florida, you know, there have been efforts to amend the state constitution in the past um, unsuccessfully. You know, you mentioned the reason perhaps that Henry T.W. case at one time, we were also living in the, under the regime of Roe. So in 2012, there was an attempt to, to limit it there, which failed. Um, in Florida, it's pretty tough to amend the state constitution in addition to to uh, getting enough signatures to get to the ballot or passing something through the legislature, um, we have to have 60% support to do that kind of thing. And I know that there's speculation about abortion um, and the Constitution right now. Um, As you mentioned pretty well, that the legislature can do what they want to do. They can limit abortion a lot more. We don't have to go through the Constitution, even though um, getting there would be great because there are some wonderfully framed Amendments that we would love to see go into law, but they really don't have a good chance of passing right now, given that they have to hit 60 percent and how hard that is to reach in, in a state like Florida. You know, I think that when when both sides in the abortion debate look at amending the Constitution in Florida, I think they have to be realistic about the 60 percent threshold and that while there is a group of, say, abortion supporters who are very motivated and very well funded, I think who could make it hard to reach 60% uh, on a pro-life amendment as happened in 2012 and has happened across the country um, this last year. I think on the pro-life side, we have to recognize too that it would be very hard to get to 60%. And I know that failure of these amendments does take the wind out of the sails of legislators sometimes because they say, well, look, you know, I personally would like to limit abortion a lot more, but, you know, the electorate is not there. And I'm afraid that if I Go, for, to go too far forward, then I might face some backlash at the polls, um, which is not good. Um, it's not necessarily courageous, you know, and a lot of the electorate, as we mentioned, don't really know the state of our laws. But those things also get cited in uh, the challenges that you mentioned um, to the good laws that we have, the 24-hour waiting period law that could still be challenged further, but is in effect, and also the 15 week abortion ban that's still going to have to reach the court. So, um, you know, and, and unfortunately judges look at, look at results of, um, of elections as well. So, um, it's an exciting time, as you mentioned, to be pro-life, you know, to have a lot more freedom to, to enact more protections against abortion. I think that it's good to be smart. It's good to build momentum. 
my hope is that people will come to understand really, you know, what the current laws are and that the restrictions that are being sought and pursued are not unreasonable as hopefully they come to realize just the unreasonableness of abortion over time as we continue to work to evangelize the culture, uh, to spread the good news and to help people to realize that uh, less abortion is more flourishing for Florida and for every state. So maybe we should at least say a little bit more about the legislature. You know, we, we've talked about limiting abortion very, you know, more, much more directly, and hopefully we will do that. I know you are working hard to speak that to members, and, and so am I and our team here. Um, we're looking to have folks at Catholic Days at the Capitol also advocating against abortion and to limit it further. What are some other things that, that we think might happen in the legislature? So there are a variety of different um, policy ideas and proposals that states can work on um, in terms of providing alternatives to abortion and assisting women and families in choosing life. Legislatures, for instance, can increase funding for pregnancy care centers that offer tangible help and assistance to women and families. So in Florida, we have the Florida Pregnancy Care Network, um, which is um, a court like a funding program for 66 different organizations, including pregnancy care centers, maternity homes, and adoption services throughout the state. And each year, the legislature appropriates um, different amounts of funding for the Florida Pregnancy Care Network. Last year, it received a $4.5 million appropriation. Um, and so we're advocating for um, increased funding for, for that network, um, which is something the legislature uh, can definitely do. Um, another thing that state legislatures can do that perhaps the Florida legislature could work on um, is just um, helping women choose life. So that could, that could be, um, tangibly something like funding women's education so that they can, um, choose life and, and go to school at the same time or funding maternity homes throughout the entire state of Florida and big cities across the state, which would help women who are in difficult housing and financial situations choose life or escape domestic violence or abuse, something like that. And then another another option um, would be for the state to help provide free daycare at vocational schools, colleges, and universities across the state to help families with young children um, receive an education and improve their improve their lives and improve their futures. So there, there, those are just a few options, but there's a lot of things legislators can do other than actually limiting the abortion procedure. Pretty much anything that can support families um, is going to be helpful in this regard. Children, you know, need their moms and their dads. Um, obviously, the focus we have is walking with moms in need. They're the ones who face the most pressure, oftentimes with unexpected pregnancy. But uh, men also are harmed by abortion. Men also are irresponsible. But a lot of men do regret pressuring that kind of thing. And let's not forget, men suffer as as a result of such widespread abortion in our society as well. You know. As we're recording this, um, we are approaching uh, the day of prayer for the legal protection of the unborn, typically falling on the anniversary of the Roe versus Wade decision, convening on that to pray to, for the protection and to end the scourge of abortion. This is kind of a special year for that event. What else have we got going on around that? Well, each year, um, the bishops of Florida release a statement um, on that day, the day of prayer for the legal protection of the unborn. And that statement just asks um, parishioners to pray for the restoration for the right to life. And this statement will be released to the faithful in all the parishes across the state. It's such an incredible time uh, right now. I mean, 50 years of, of Roe is coming to an end. And as we gather for these events, 
Um, we have to give thanks that that's the case, that um, the states have the opportunity to to provide real limits and to real provide real protection. Um, obviously, you know, there's also lament over those 50 years, but that there's relief that they have come to an end, at least the regime of Roe. Um, but there's still so much work to be done still. We live with that, don't we? It's a lot like the kingdom. It's it's here, but not yet, you know. So uh, we're we're working for the good. And, and I guess we have to recognize progress and um, and continue to renew our commitment to life and to promoting the good of and the flourishing of Florida. So, yeah, the overturning of Roe is just such a momentous day for human rights and for the cause of life. And now states and people of goodwill and Christians, Catholics specifically, have huge opportunities to continue that cause at, more at the state level. Well, and let's do it smartly and let's do it energetically and charitably. Thanks for all your good work, Christy. Thanks for sharing what you did today in our conversation. Appreciate the listeners taking the time to, to hear our discussion of this matter. Um, let's all look forward to and plan to work hard in the upcoming legislative session here in Tallahassee. Hope you'll join us for Catholic Days at the Capitol, uh, March 7th and 8th. Uh, the bishops will be here gathering for the Red Mass of the Holy Spirit. Again, thanks, Christy. Uh, thank you all. Thank you.